You're listening to the Adventist on Fire podcast, aofire.org. Welcome to aofire.org. Here I have a quick chat with Boris Jovanov about door knocking. And I make a bold statement to him that I've heard many times before, and that is door knocking doesn't work. So to find show notes and links mentioned in this episode, head on over to aofire.org and search for Boris. Enjoy. Boris Jovanov. Yep, that's me. Glad you could be here. Oy, great to be here. Today, I wanted to chat to you about door knocking. Oh, awesome. Because that's something that not everybody loves, let's be honest. <laughs> that's true. Let's that's start true. with the negatives. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we're going to talk about door knocking. But first, how about you just fill us in about your ministry life career? I was going to say your ministry career, but it hasn't always been a career. So, Yeah, I... I kind of even feel to this day it's not a career. It's just kind of like following where God's leading. Um, but I um, I got a little bit of training at a, a little like mission Bible school over in the States. Called what? Uh, mission College of Evangelism. Yep. And um, after that, I Bible worked in Sydney for eight months. And then the little college called me back to um, be like a pastoral student there and outreach coordinator. Um, and also the evangelists for that school and stayed there for um, a few years and then found myself back in Australia, married and um, then I got a call up to um, a small town up in North Queensland to plant a church and so we did that for a number of years and then, yeah, since then I've kind of been in pastoral ministry and right now I'm at another training training school here in um, Australia called Arise and... Um, doing the outreach coordination and the evangelism for them. Yeah. Cool. So, door knocking doesn't work. Says who? It says a lot of people. I've been in a number of conversations with uh, 18 to 30-year-olds and apparently door knocking doesn't work. They seem really informed on the matter and uh, they're very passionate about this opinion. And so here I am telling you that door knocking, door knocking doesn't work. <laughs> Here's the thing, man. Every most I won't say every time. Most of the time that I hear that, it's from people that have not actually spent a significant time doing it. Oh, but everyone's done Adra appeal or some sort of collecting money for pathfinders yeah, or something, which is not door knocking for the purpose of finding Bible studies. Oh. Um, Tell us about that. Well, <laughs> well look, I, I, I'm a big believer in door knocking. I don't. And by the way, I just want to like preface this from the very beginning. I don't believe door knocking is the best possible. I, I just got tongue tied. I don't think it's the best possible way of doing outreach, right? I think there's it, heaps of ways. I do do. I do think though that door knocking is probably the best way to learn how to do outreach, and it's the best way to train your mind to have a mind that is. Um, sensitive to where people are in their journey because you know after you hit a hundred doors you've just met a hundred different people that are a hundred different places in their life in hundred different schedules and and through repetition of that you start to become sensitive and aware of where people are right now in that moment so the first thing let's just backtrack a little bit yeah if this isn't the best possible thing then what is the best possible thing or is there a best possible thing um an old conference president of mine said said this thing, and it might sound outrageous, but but I remember he said to me, and I, I told him I'm going to steal it, so I'm stealing it right now. Um, he said there's two types of evangelism he believes in, and that's anything and everything. 
the only one he knows that doesn't work for sure is nothing. And generally, in all honesty, generally the people who are out there saying door knocking doesn't work are those that fall into the nothing category. And I know that sounds like a broad stroking sweeping judgment, but from my experience, that's just been the case. And so the best form of evangelism is the one that you do every day every moment of every day in every conversation. But the reality is this, like we live in a society that's selfish. We live in a world that's just consumed with focusing on what I need and we actually haven't spent time training our minds and eyes to be able to perceive when people are spiritually interested, to be able to recognize when there's a need, to be able to um, sense when someone is wrestling with a, with, with a conviction. And so... I recommend door knocking to everybody, especially really early on in their ministry because it's one of these type of outreaches that forces you to be able to hone these skills and awarenesses that are actually really important and can be applied to every every area of life. Like I've done years of door knocking and the year off ministry that I had where I was at my dad's factory there was three of dad's customers that got baptized that year and we were able to do studies and they're faithful Adventists today. And it wasn't because there were new customers or that they hadn't been coming to dad or that they, in the factory um, that, or, or that these like interests were new. It was that I, through the process of spending a lot of time out on doors, meeting hundreds if not thousands of different people and having to learn how to communicate with them where they're at being sensitive to where they're at in life, being sensitive to their time schedules, being aware of the challenges that are going on, that I was able to meet these three customers that were just coming off, delivering a job, and literally within like two minutes, I was like, man, this guy actually has a spiritual need. And it was an awareness that I wasn't in a, aware that I had, but I believe God taught me it and trained me it through the process of door knocking. It's like... So, so hang on. So these customers come in to buy some product, and you followed them home and knocked on their door. And no, no, no. They came in to deliver a job, and because of the skills and abilities, I guess, I guess maybe the correct word would be the sensitivity. That's it. That you develop by meeting thousands of new people is you develop this sensitivity to be able to be aware of, hey, who would be interested in a spiritual conversation? So they came in and then and there we just got talking and we connected in a real meaningful way and that translated to me going to their door but not to knock on it to like ask for Bible studies but because there was Bible studies already organized for them. So you develop a skill set that you can then apply in a number of contexts. And 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 I, I believe door knocking is probably the most effective and fastest way to hone these critical skills for evangelism. Okay. So I'm hearing just lots of excuses just floating around in my head from years and years of people telling me that it doesn't work. First one, people don't like somebody knocking on their door, so I don't want to disrupt them. That may be true for some people, that, but it's definitely false for others. And I know this because right now at the training school where I'm at, um, there's like... 45 students that have never knocked on doors before. They've been out there for, I think, three afternoons a week for five weeks, which really isn't that long. And we have well over 120 contacts in the community. So they've probably hit collectively, let's say on 800 doors, 120 doors 
not only weren't upset by having their door knocked on, were actually really open and willing and desiring to connect in a spiritual way. Hmm. And so, listen, I'm not saying knock on someone's door and force your way into their house. But um, through the process of door knocking, yeah, you'll have doors that are like, hey, please don't interrupt us. And you just move on. But you'll also have a door like I did when I was in Ingham. Um, And it was really funny because it was one of these days where I really, really, really didn't want to go door knocking. Um, But it was a door knocking day for me, you know. But I just... I didn't want to, you know, you just kind of have those days where you just aren't motivated. You really feel like you don't want to do that. And so I was like, all right, I'll I'll compromise. And so I decided to just go letterboxing, you know, just put lead cards in people's, in people's um, uh, letterboxes. That's what they're called. Yeah, that's what they call the little box things, (laughs) letterboxes. And, and when I letterbox, I get super comfy, right? So I just wear my like huge daggy basketball shorts that I have and these like, my, my shirts that I sleep in that are huge and just like flip-flops and because, you know, I'm not mingling with people. And so I do that. And so I get to the place where I'm letterboxing this and as I'm getting out of the car, like I really get this like impulse, this kind of like conviction, like, man, you should be door knocking right now. Um, but, oh, and at that point, it's like, well, it's too late. I look like an absolute dag. It'd be kind of scary for me to knock on someone's door. And so I get out and start letterboxing and, and I keep getting this conviction, man, you should be, you should be door knocking right now. Mm. And I'm fighting it and it's probably feel like kind of a weirdo. It must have looked like a weirdo, like having this argument in my own head with myself. Um, but then like a bit of rain started coming and the lead cards would have got wrecked. And so I was like, really like had this conviction I should do door knocking. And I had an excuse to now so I could get out of the rain. And so even though I looked like a dag, I came up with like this whole like clever thing to say. Mm-hmm. And um, and like I kind I'm of cold practice and wet, it. Get me out of here. Or? Oh, no, it was just I, I don't even remember what the canvas was or was right now. But but I, I remember I got the courage, went and knocked on this door, and the door opens wide, and I completely forgot my canvas. Like my, you know the moment when your brain just goes dead. That fully happened to me, and literally this is what happened. I, I um, he looked at me, I looked at him, and I was like, uh. My name's Boris and I'm looking for friends. <laughs> like it was it was one of those moments where you say something and you yourself realize like that was so dumb. <laughs> like I felt like getting his door and slamming it on my face, you know what I mean? Um and, and, and here I am just like expecting this crazy bad reaction. And he 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 chokes up a bit, says, Who sent you? And I was like, Man, this guy's what's going and so I realized something serious is happening. And so I said, "Look, I'm sorry. I don't really understand why I said that. But um, my name's my name's Boris. I'm a, a minister in the area, and um, just really felt impressed to knock on some doors and see if there's any spiritual needs in the area." And he starts crying. Hmm. He says, "Come back here. I need to show you something." His name was David. Anyway, he took me around the back, and he showed me the rope that he just set up to hang himself. Hmm. A few years ago, he lost his family. Maybe like six months ago, I think it was, before I met him, he lost his job. And he had no friends because he didn't have money to go drinking with him anymore. Mm. And he's like, man, I don't have a family and I've just lost all my friends. What's the point of living? And so he sets up this rope at the back. He's the door knock, so he answers it. And there's this big, lonely-looking dude saying, I'm Boris and I need friends. And it's these moments that you have. 
that you realize, yeah, do you know what? There's a lot of doors that I did knock on where people weren't interested and that's fine. I'm not, I'm not wanting to waste people's time. But in the process of door knocking, I'm not looking for those people. I'm looking for these people like David that have needs and are in a place that's difficult. And there's people out there. There really is. Look, in five weeks, we found 120 of them that have a need that's not being met and they're longing and searching but don't know where to look. And so, um, so the whole it doesn't work, I just don't buy. And, and you know what? Is there people that don't want pe- you coming to the door? Yeah, for sure. And, and if they make that known to you, move on. But there's also people that really need you to come to that door. So that's what I'd say to them in a long-winded way. Cool. Uh, so the next thing I'm thinking, I've got... Some friends who used to tease somebody because they used to use a survey and they used to say that it was very untruthful for them to be using this survey because they'd go and ask some questions and they're saying, well, really, he's just lying. He doesn't want to know the answer to the questions. He just wants to study the Bible. So their, their objection to this man door knocking and using a survey was that it was like a bait and switch technique and, okay. and they weren't up for those sorts of things because that was immoral or yeah yeah okay i hear what you say look i i actually use surveys our class is using surveys okay um but we are actually doing data collection uh, we are actually collecting data and not only that we've um um got in touch with a local newspaper here and let them know hey we're, we've got a group of people we're wanting to do surveys in the area um we'll collate all the data and if you want we'd love for you to be able to publish it in your paper and they jumped on board and they were really excited to be able to have a spiritual um, a survey um, that assesses the spiritual condition of this area that we're in and they got um, really excited um, to be able to have this information they wanted um, a survey that assessed the spirituality of the neighborhood like newspapers are always looking for content and so you're actually there for a legitimate reason but not only that like a local church should I honestly believe be doing surveys of the area and really be assessing the spiritual climate and the spiritual change in the area because oftentimes when you're not properly informed, you may run events that are completely irrelevant. You know, But if you do a survey, for example, there's a lot of surveys out there. One of them that I know guys down in Newey use is um, essentially a whole bunch of different community types of programs and they um, ask the community, what type of programs do you think would um, be most useful for you and your family? And so they get this information and correlate it. And all of a sudden they know, hey, we shouldn't be running a prophecy series. We should actually be doing um, an exercise class. Or they know, hey, we shouldn't be doing a health foods seminar. We should actually be doing a um, a, a, a class on the gospels or, or, or the historicity of scripture. Or maybe... Um, uh, um, a marriage enrichment seminar or, or just just depending on what the needs in the community are and how you're meant to know the needs if you don't have data from them. Um, and so essentially, yeah, what we've done, we, we've got in touch with the local newspaper and we're actually collating the data and so we're not lying to them at all. We literally are there collecting data from them. But then, yeah, since we do have their attention, while we're going through the survey, because the survey itself actually re- really reveals... Um, where the people are spiritually. Hmm. Um, and it was kind of designed that way. In fact, I can um, give it to you. Yep. And um, you can upload it on the site for your listeners later, yeah? Cool. Um, yeah, it's just like the local community spirituality survey. And the nature, the way the survey is written, 
is to really be able to see very clearly whether spiritual matters are very important to the people, um, whether they know the answers to the questions that they long for, um, whether there's like a real deep need that they haven't been able to, that hasn't been met in their life yet. And because then and there you have that information, you can offer them what they need. Um, and that's what we've been doing, but it's, it's been working like God's really been blessing. And I think, I think like, I think at the end of the day, it's really important to just like also say this, like there is no silver bullet. There isn't this secret recipe that if you just do this, then that recipe will create results. Everything, every success in evangelism is the Holy Spirit working on the hearts of people. And the more opportunities we give the Holy Spirit to use us, the more likely we're going to see more fruit. Does that make sense? Um, And so I I just like, yeah, a lot of people put a whole bunch of trust. Don't get me wrong. the, The survey we use, it's been good. God's used it. But the survey itself is not the thing that converts people. It's, it's the Holy Spirit revealing to the person their needs, but also communicating to you and making you sensitive to those needs um, for you to be able to minister to, to those people. Yeah. yeah. So you've sort of already answered this a bit, but I guess the other one that I get regularly is, I prefer not to force my faith on everybody else. People that just don't want to push their religiosity on on others so so i'm gonna just like ask you because these people aren't here but like what does forcing your faith look like i don't want to knock on their door and disrupt their dinner and jam a bible down their throat like these people have lives i don't want to upset them like i don't i don't mean to be rude here but like if the people are saying that it's very obvious that they themselves have never done bible door knocking like when I knock on people's door, I'm not there with the Bible out ready to like recite as many Bible texts as I possibly can in the short window that I have them. You're out there simply praying and searching and interacting with people, trying to see who has a spiritual need. And if someone has a spiritual need, it'd be extremely unchristian to ignore that. But most people will never see whether someone has a spiritual need unless they're among the people. Here's the biggest problem that we have as Adventists or Christians. And that is the reality of our life is that we surround ourselves with just Adventists. And if the people around us aren't Adventists, they're our best friends from school who change us more than we change them or impact us more than we impact them. And that's why I'm saying, like, sure, door knocking, does it have its challenges? Does it have its shortcomings? Of course it does. But the blessing and the good that comes of it comes out of it far outweighs the negative. See, I don't want to force my faith is literally another way of saying I don't want to be a part of the Great Commission. But no Christian would word it that way. But Jesus himself said, go ye and make disciples of all nations. The, the command Jesus gives us is to go, and not just at people's houses, but into all the world. And so a lot of people who say this, they're well-meaning. But the reason I believe they have this mentality is because they're surrounded by believers. 
And so really when they're saying, I don't want to force my faith, is it's, it's them actually like admitting, I actually have no reason to ever stand up for my faith because I'm surrounded by believers. But the commission tells us to go and teach people the gospel, go to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And so you can't, you can't proclaim the gospel. You can't make disciples while hiding that you're a disciple from everyone that you meet. Does that make sense? Hmm. Um, I just think that it's really important that we understand that the biblical mandate is for us to go. It's not for the world to come. And I think a lot of people have this mindset of, well, if they have needs, they'll come and ask me. And, and the unfortunate truth is that if there were people who had questions and they actually went looking for someone to answer them, we probably blend into this world and we are probably so lazy and so consumed in consumerism and just getting the mortgage and just getting the job that they we wouldn't even stand out to them as people who would be able to be asked these things. Right. And that's that's all because we've we've trained ourselves, right? All of us, we've trained ourselves to live a certain way, to to notice certain things. You know, some guys they are so involved in trying to get dates and trying to get girls that they've trained themselves to notice when there's a girl interested in them. Or you can say the same vice versa for girls, right? They've always been around boys. They've always hung out in that crowd. And they've trained themselves to be sensitive to be able to tell when there's a guy that's interested in them. Business people... They've trained themselves to sense when's a good time to buy, when's a good time to sell, where's a good place to open a shop. These are all things in, that we, we've learnt and taught ourselves um, how to see, how to think, how to, what, what to be sensitive to. And a lot of us have been spending years becoming sensitive and becoming very good at noticing the right thing to say for personal gain whether it's in a job interview, whether it's just your professor at uni, whatever, we've, we've learned how to know, hey, what's the right time to say something that'll promote me? And so the beautiful thing that I've seen time and time and time again, when people commit themselves to door knocking, when they say, hey, listen, I'm going to door knock for eight months straight. Sure, do you find people? Yes. Does that help you along your journey? For sure. Does it thrill your soul? 100%. But the more long-term effects that happen as a result of that is people become sensitive to notice not just when's a good time to act for their personal gain, but when's a good time to say that specific word or that specific prayer or, or give someone that specific gift that will actually help them towards their journey towards heaven. I don't know if I answered that or not, but that's that's I'm locking that in, Eddie. Done, done. Thank you. Right. So you've got that one story there. I'm sure you've got a few other stories. What sort of what sort of fruit is in the church today? Do you feel from door knocking? Not just from your door knocking, but is there is there people that are actually in the church today because somebody knocked on their door? Oh, for sure. Right now at like the the training school where I'm working at, we've got like. 
I think four or five people that are in the class specifically, and, and not just in the class, but in a living, thriving, vibrant relationship with Jesus because someone knocked on their door. Hmm. Um, at the church that I just came from up north where I was pastoring, I can tell you like four people that are in that church because we knocked on their door. Um, in in the small country town we were planning the church, we grew the whole church out of door knocking. Um, the Holy Spirit was just able to use that. And, and the growth that I received from that process, to me personally, is almost just as valuable as these amazing people in church. You know what I mean? Because, because now when I have a conversation, like just the other day, I was at the fuel station. Um, and I got into a, this was like last week. I went to the fuel station, got into a conversation with the lady that was serving there, just like small chat. And um, she asked me what I do. I told her I was a minister and we got talking a little bit. And it became very clear that she's gone through a very difficult time because of her children. Um, very really tough family issues that are going on and we were able to talk we were able to pray together and um, she's she attended church last week oh, wow. you know what I mean? it was it was a really cool thing um, I went down I'm trying to learn how to surf and I'm doing a horrible job of it but I went down to the beach last week um, on Friday and um, anyway as I was walking down the beach there was a guy coming out and I asked him where's a good spot to to learn and we got chatting and and um, funnily enough, um, some of the students that are at the training school, they knocked on his door. Um, and he wasn't open or willing to do Bible studies with him. But when they left, he says, man, like, I couldn't stop thinking about the stuff we talked about. And then he found out I'm a pastor and he just had questions galore. And so he's going to be coming to the evangelistic series because he really wants to know these questions. And so oftentimes, even when you're at the doors, you might not actually see the fruit of your labor till heaven, you know. Um we just did an amazing thing the other day, and that is with the students. We actually got them to go back over the doors they've already knocked on to invite them to the evangelistic series. And um, this one one young man shared this amazing testimony where they went and um, knocked on his door and did the survey together. And, and um, he was a spiritual man, but didn't want to do Bible studies with him, you know, and that's fair enough. And so they asked if they could pray with him, and he said, sure, that'd be lovely. And so for some reason throughout the prayer, the Holy Spirit impressed um, the young man to pray, and God, um, as, as he's going to be heading to work soon, just please keep him safe from any dangers. And he continued on his prayer, and he, and he specifically prayed that. And now the, the guy the guy sharing this to them, he's like, man, when you prayed that, I was like, man, that's kind of like a really weird thing to pray for me, but okay, cool. Anyway, so they prayed that prayer, and he went to work and something went wrong. I don't know if he was speeding. I don't know if something happened with the car. I don't know what went wrong. But long story short, he comes off a cliff and just like smashes and knocks out a bunch of trees. The car's totally wrecked and it finally stops and he comes out like he's literally just gone over a cliff. He comes out unscathed. Hmm. And so this happened three weeks ago. And yesterday, they went to his house again to invite him to this program. And he's there sharing this story. And he's like, your prayer saved my life. Wow. And he wants to come to the evangelistic series. And he's just been super touched by them. And so, if they never went back, which is super possible, you know what I mean? They wouldn't have really understood how, how that happened. And, and you know what's like just to add to that? So, mm-hmm. he was a Christian guy, but he'd stopped going to church for a long time. And after that accident, he realized that God 
saved his life because these ladies prayed for him. He's like, man, I've got to get into a life of prayer and church again. And so he started attending church after that. You know what I mean? Mm. And just committing himself to the Lord. And so we, we, we would miss out on a lot of those opportunities if we weren't out there among the people. I'm not saying it's the only way because there's people everywhere. I get that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bigoted or naive or just like overly ambitious or zealous for it. But I think the opposite is true. Just like door knocking may not be the best or the only way to do it. It'd be false to say that. It's just as false to say that it doesn't work and that it doesn't have a place and that God doesn't use it. Um, But like for me, if someone's just fresh, if they're just wanting to get better at reaching souls, if they're wanting to become more sensitive to where people are at, I honestly couldn't I couldn't recommend a better thing to do than go door knocking. Mm. If someone's out there and they're afraid of witnessing because they're afraid of rejection, go knock on 300 doors, get rejected by 300 people, and you'll see, hey, I've just been rejected 300 times and I'm still the same person. I'm still fine. I've survived. If someone is really bad at creating conversations, we'll go knock on 300 doors and try to start 300 conversations. I bet you by after about 100 you'll be able to start conversations with just about anyone. If someone's really afraid of, oh, I don't know where the Bible verses are, go knock on 300 doors. And 300 doors, you'll probably get like 50 biblical questions which will drive you to find the answers and to remember where they're at so that you can communicate to, to those people. If someone's struggling to have a strong devotional life and a relationship with Jesus... Go knock on doors because it becomes so obvious how deeply you are in need of Jesus and the Holy Spirit being with you that it will drive you to your knees and say, God, please, please, please go with me because honestly, anything I do is not good enough if it doesn't have you. Hmm. And so, yeah, that's my two cents. You've converted me, Boris. I now believe that door knocking works. I'm wondering, but how do I get started? If somebody's listening to this and they think, okay, it's time I did some door knocking. How does somebody get started? Do they need training or can they just hit it? No, not at all. No. I, okay. Like I'm, I'm actually really against the idea that you have to have training in order to do something. Okay. Um, because that is, I honestly believe, borderline blasphemous to what the Holy Spirit is here for. Hmm. Now, is training biblical? For sure. But ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit that equips and teaches. And so, listen, man, when I learned about door knocking... I didn't know what I was doing. I just went out there and did it all wrong. And you know what? There's still people in church because of it, because the Holy Spirit makes up for it. And so if someone's out there and you're seeing, hey, maybe I do have too much fear or I am not confident enough or I don't know how to start conversations or I'm really not sensitive to where people are at in their life um, and, and you see, hey, I should be doing door knocking because actually it works. Um, do it. That's what honestly, like... Here's the, and I don't know if this is going to get me in trouble or not. Let's find out. This is the one big, the biggest downfall of training institutions and theological institutions. Mm -hmm. And that is that their very existence almost, almost communicates that if you come to this institution, then you'll know it all. But that's just not the case. Every person that I know that's done a four-year bachelor's degree or, a, or a six, went on six years to get their master's or further to PhD, all of them 
every day are faced with situations that they haven't learned about, that they don't know about, and they're learning as they're going. I haven't met one person that's gone to Mission College, Afghan, or Arise, or anything like that. The finish saying, yeah, I know how to do everything, and I'm a master of it. No, 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 no. At any stage, at every stage in your journey, you have so much to learn. And God primarily teaches us by doing. You, you know what I mean? Like, that's why we, we see in the Bible Jesus doing things with his apostles far more than just telling them. And so if you really want to learn, let the Holy Spirit teach you by doing and going. Yeah. Awesome. That's what I'd say. Thanks for sharing. Is there a way that people can get in contact with you? Um, yeah. I Let me see. I was going to say I have a website, but I don't anymore. <laughs> Dude, I don't want to give them my details. Okay, what do I do? Don't. Well, they can just get in touch with us. And if it's important, we can put them in touch with you. Is there they can get in touch with me? You've got a YouTube channel? Oh, yeah, yeah. I can send you a message on there. All right. Um, <laughs> well, that's the toughest question of the interview. <laughs> dude, it really was. I don't know how I want people to get in touch with me. Okay, through your YouTube channel. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I'm on I'm, Yeah, YouTube or Instagram or Facebook. Oh, or, that wasn't hard. Yeah, yeah. Just the general social pipelines will do. Sweet. I'm on Snapchat, but I don't use it very often. Good. (laughs) Thanks for your time, dude. No, thanks, mate. It's been a blessing. Adventist on fire. Go Ye, a strategic board game that's more Adventist than Doug Batchelor eating haystacks on Sabbath. In Go Ye, players spread the gospel by investing in spiritual gifts, mission trips, and church organizational growth while planting churches across a custom world map of 58 conferences and 10 divisions. The goal is to have the most TMI before the second coming, but will the GC president, the missionary, or the adventurepreneur get the biggest crown? Go ye to aofire.org to register your interest.